coming to you from the greater Montreal area, this is the Not Having It Podcast, where we talk any and all things related to the Montreal Canadiens. I'm your host, Joshua Delorme. On this week's Not Having It podcast, I bring to you another special edition of the podcast. I'm very pleased to introduce a new segment on the show, the Not Having It Take versus Take. This new feature will, to the show brings you two of my A Winning Habit colleagues in a debate format. I present them a topic of discussion and they will give us their opinions and their arguments for and against that topic. Before I bring on my two friends for today's show, a little housekeeping notes. Before I begin, I'd like to dedicate this show to the memory of someone very special to me who passed away earlier this week. He was a fan of the Canadians, but more importantly, he was a fan of the game, and today's show goes out to his memory. Now, I'd also like to remind you to not forget to go out and bookmark and always keep an eye out on awinninghabit.com for all of your latest Habs-related news and content. The boys over there do a great job of keeping everything relevant to the Montreal Canadiens. Also, make sure to subscribe to the show. We sure wouldn't want you to miss any future episodes. Last but not least, it's as is always the case, I'd like to invite you to reach out to me on Twitter, Twitter handle at JoshuaDelorme95, to let me know what you think of the pod and if you have any comments and or suggestions for future shows. All right, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my two friends, Omar and Sebastian, who are joining me for this week's Take vs. Take. Today's topic features the question, to spend or not to spend? My listeners and readers know what I think of Mark Bergevin and what I think that and that I think Mark Bergevin needs to take every opportunity available to him to improve this roster. So, looking at the forward group specifically, my question is, should Mark Bergevin spend big money in free agent to improve this forward roster? So the first ever inaugural edition of the uh not having it podcast take versus take i'm gonna have to figure out a new name for that because it's kind of blah but um whatever um so so yeah this this week's question is basically to spend or not to spend should mark bergevin um spend big money in free agency to improve the roster at the forward position listeners of the podcast and readers of my work on a winning habit.com fully know and fully understand where i stand on this issue uh, make this team better, whichever way, com- shape, or form that comes in, I don't care. Um, so I figured I'd ask the question to you two gentlemen today. Um, with with the um, potential big names in free agency, with the uh, significant cap space Mark Bergevin has to work with this summer, uh, should uh, Mark Bergevin and his management staff spend big money, bring in big name free agents to try to make this team better? So the way this is going to work, um, I'll give each of you a couple minutes to just kind of let loose, put your thoughts out there, and tell me why yes or why no, and then uh, we can we can move on from there. That sounds okay. Yeah, yeah sounds, sounds great. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, Sebastian, you're. I guess I should probably start because I'm I'm on the yeah. four side. All right, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, basically, I think what it comes down to is that a lot of the most important aspect of the NHL, especially in the salary cap era, is opportunity. Whether it's an opportunity to win, an opportunity to make a trade, an opportunity to, to have some type of big move for your organization. And I feel now, when you have the Montreal Canadiens this season, who, you know, even though the fact that, you know, they didn't make the playoffs, but they still 
know, performed a lot better than people thought they would. And, you know, uh, you know, Mark Bergevin chose not to do anything at the trade deadline. And after then, you know, things kind of ended the way the way it is. But I believe now the team is at that brink where they can kind of start start, you know, making big pushes into the into the spring, into April and hopefully go on a deep run. And they have the cap space now and the and they're in that really awesome window where they're not going to have they don't have any salary cap headaches like a lot of the teams do in the NHL right now. And they have the cap space to make moves like this. And when you look at the free agent class, and in particular, two names are Matt Duchesne and Artemi Panarin. I feel like you're at a, you're at a position where you can't not try to capitalize on this. And I think that's part of doing your due diligence as a general manager. So we have Matt Duchesne, you know, who's a center who has been linked to the Habs for years, even dating back to his time uh, with Colorado. And apparently, you know, Elliot Friedman, he's been like the fountain of information when it comes to Duchesne and the Habs over the last couple of weeks. You know, he said that, you know, um, the Habs were, you know, close to kicking tires on a trade for Duchesne, but that kind of fell apart. Um, you know, and now uh, I believe that he said that, you know, when it, he believes that it's going to be either uh, Nashville or Montreal where Duchesne goes to, even though there may be a little more of an inkling going towards Nashville because, you know, he likes the team, he likes the city. But, you know, he keeps saying that, you know, Montreal is there. Montreal is going to make a push for him. And it's there. And, you know, the the center conversation isn't as big as it used to be, considering the fact that, you know, that you have Jesperi Kakaniemi, Ryan Paling, you know, who had an awesome debut. Max Domi show, showed up and, you know, proved that, you know, he can be a serviceable center. Um, so even though the, the center conversation isn't too big, you know, you can never not miss a chance to sign a player like this and you know Matt Duchesne he does it all he can he he defends well he he's a good offensive player he had he had 30 goals this this year you know he chips in he does his part on the power play so if you have you add a player like him onto your roster that just you know speeds things for even further now that's just for Duchesne now Artemi Panarin that's elite talent that's just just there for free and you know um he made I think he, he made six million dollars so um uh, last year, the year before that, you know, when he signed that extension with Chicago before uh, being traded, but like uh, our Terry Panarin, man, like that—that's a player you absolutely cannot pass on. Like, yeah, I think he had like 87 points this year. You know, he's—he's he's one of those few players who can drive play on the wing, which isn't seen as much. There are a couple players in the league who can do that. You know. The Habs were hoping that Jonathan Duran can do that, but you know he's still kind of trying to to find his way. But like a player like Artemi Panarin, you put him on that Habs power play, we're not complaining about it, regardless. And I think that's one thing that was a, was a key issue about the power play is not necessarily of you know the structure, even though that's what a lot of people wanted to you know point the finger at Kirk Mueller and be like, oh, what the heck's going on? It was more just execution. There was no creativity. Everyone was doing the same thing. So I feel like in, in a year where you have the cast piece to do it, even though it's gonna run into those you know uh, run into those negotiations, you have to fight with other teams. I feel like you absolutely have to at least try to sign these players. Okay. Um, well, before I start, I just want to say that I'm purely going against spending big on forwards. I think if we can get Eric Carlson, we have to go for it regardless. That, that's just my take on that. But as far as forwards go, um, I think that if we do sign a big forward, it's going to have to be, well, it, it would be one of the Duchesne, Panarin, and then maybe Anders Lee, if you stretch it. Um, and... I think that with all the young talent that's emerging right now with uh, with KK, Domi, uh, Paling, Suzuki, all these guys, that bringing in a big contract up front is going to set an example as to how much we have to pay these guys in the future. So basically, Domi has to sign an extension 
within the next year. Hopefully we can get it done before the season starts. But we do have to sign him. If we sign Duchesne for $9 million or $9.5 million, however much it's going to take, especially now with Skinner's contract, Domi's not going to sign for seven. Because Domi, in his first season at center in Montreal, got more points than um, Duchesne has gotten in his entire, uh, in any season in his entire career. His career high was 70 points, which he got in two seasons. So it was last season and also in 2013, 2014. Um, and I think that's also just going to cause all these salary cap headaches down the road with all these big contracts. I mean, uh, Kotkaniemi is going to have to sign big if he improves, which everyone hopes he will. Um, he's going to sign a pretty big deal, um, as will Gallagher and Dano. Like, all these guys that are going to have to sign within the next two years, basically, are going to cost so much more if Montreal gives them an example of that they can bring to management and say, you see, this guy is getting paid nine and a half and I'm performing better than he is. So then you have to give him more than nine and a half. So I, I, I really don't think that Duchesne is a good option because I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a guy that you, that is worth getting all these salary cap headaches for. Um, like for instance, he's only cracked, uh, 60 points twice in his career, uh, which was uh, uh, this year, and then also a couple years ago in uh, in Colorado. And I and it, actually um, with Carlson, everyone is like complaining about his, about his injury record, and yeah, it's not good. However, if you look back two seasons, two three seasons, all the seasons before then, Carlson was playing 82 games a season. Duchesne has only played all 82 games in two seasons in his 10-year career. So I think that getting him would actually be fairly risky. Um, his his injuries weren't as bad as Carlson's were by any means. However, he is missing games fairly consistently, and he's in his prime right now. I think it'd be a big, big risk. Um, as for Panarin, it's kind of hard to make an argument against him because he is a superstar player. Um but while he can bring a lot to, to the team, his off-ice attitude kind of worries me a bit. Um, I mean, he does come across as a very, very much an egocentric player, um, especially with all the rumors of him leaving Columbus since whatever, like, like what, November. Um, and I think that also with what he's going to cost, which is going to be 11, maybe around there. That's also going to bring up the same issues as a big contract for Duchesne. It's just going to set an example that Domi can bring up and just say, pay me this much. And I don't think that bringing in these superstar players, and while they're they're excellent, I think that we have to keep our future in mind. And we're not going to have much of a future if all of our solid players that are already in the, in the system are going to get overpaid because of the, the example that one of these big contracts is going to set for them. Yeah. All right. Very good points for both of you. Um, Omar, do you want to, you want to rebut that a bit? Uh, yeah. Um, it's hard. To, I, I guess, I guess you have to, when you're having conversations like this, you have to take an ob- objective view on everything. And I feel that if, if you're um, general manager of your team and it doesn't, regardless of who the player is, if you think that this player 
can help get you bring your team to a, the next level, the level that they need to win a championship. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? I feel like you should make that move. And if it costs you having to let other people go within your organization, I feel like that's something you have to do. And we know Mark Bergevin, he's done it before. He does not care. If if he feels that like he needs to make a move, you know, to whether whether it's help, helping to fix the locker room, helping to fix the structure of the organization, helping to fix the team itself and how they perform, he'll do it. Right? So, say for example, you know, you sign Matt Duchesne uh for like 9 or 10 9 million dollars, we'll say, you know, this 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 be optimistic. Um <laughs> You know, he, he does exactly what, what he's expected to. And after that, the, the, the years come up. He's very cocky in the Emmys, entry level ends. Obviously, assign him because he's the future of the franchise. But then, okay, oh, man, we're stuck in cap trouble. Well, I'm sorry, all those other people, you know, who are kind of along for the ride, you know, not really part of the core because that's what it's about. You want to establish who your core is, and then everyone else, you kind of just pitch them off the boat when they're, when they're finished. That's what Chicago did, and, you know, he gave them three cups in, like, six years, right? So... If if you come up to that to that point, um, you know Philip Deno needs a new deal. Deal. Sorry, Philip, you're gone. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if uh, who who else might, might be coming up by then? Um, well, maybe say that. I mean, you, can, you can even Tatar. look to throw out. I mean, you can look at Tatar. Can Tatar will need a new contract? Yeah. But you, Andrew Shaw can be moved out of the way. Uh, Paul Drew Byron can be moved if, out of the yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, Druin. If if Druin. Is if he pre, you know, if he improves, but not to the point where it's like we absolutely have to keep him, we'll move, we'll move you too. So I think that's what it comes down to. If you add someone who, you know, who helps your team win, who helps your team become better, then everyone else kind of be kind of becomes like, kind of becomes you know like you know second and third fiddles, and and I guess and Sebastian, I'm really glad that you brought up Max Domi and the season that he had because I kind of looked at something um before before we started recording and it was a little bit concerning. Um, it's, it's a little more along the advanced stats, um, ilk, ilk of things, but basically like, like Domi season this year was ridiculous. It was, it was incredible considering the fact that, you know, we had like nine, nine goals last year, four of them were empty netters. Yeah. So when, <laughs> so, so when that initial, I, I, I love Dom, uh, Dom, another writer on this side. I, I love it. Anytime people talk, people talk about Domi always like, Oh yeah, everyone said that he'd only get 10 goals. What happened now? We got 28. Um, Right, so you know that that's one that's one key distinction between uh, last season and this season. Obviously, his 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 output and and the, the thing that was incredible about it is that most of it was done at five on five, much less yeah. much like everyone else on the team because the power yeah. play was you know the power play was it just was <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah exactly. So one thing that kind of, that that's a little eyebrow raising is when you look at um, Domi's PDO. And basically, PDO is kind of a stat that, um, and I'm not explaining this to you guys, just because I'm, I'm assuming you guys know this kind of to the audience. Um, <laughs> PDO basically is a kind of, a, I like to call it a stat that kind of proves whether you're legit or whether you're flu- fluky. Um, so basically, it takes a player's uh, shooting percentage and the team shooting percentage, combines that with you know league average shooting percentage and their save percentage as well, and it kind of compiles it into a number that should hit 100. If you're at 100, or 1.00, whatever you know, whatever figure you're using, then you're you're playing as you should be. You're you know as expected. So you obviously you can go up to 101 or 1.01 or 99 or 9. Point or you know 0. 0.99. It can kind of go around there. Then you're fine. If you kind of go a lot lower than that, so if you're like a 994, then you know maybe you're not 
and you and you're or you're underperforming. Maybe you're not actually bad. You're probably just, you know extremely unlucky, just getting a whole bunch of bad bounces. I haven't Lekin. checked it, but I would I would love to see what Lekkin's PDO is. It's probably <laughs> ridiculously low. He's like the most <laughs> most guy. unlucky player in like the entire league. It's it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, and oh my gosh, Mete, this kid <laughs> can't buy a, can't buy his first career goal. Um, but yeah, and then on the other hand, obviously, if you're way above 100, then it kind of sees, okay, you're playing you're really well, corner. probably not sustainable, so eventually you're going to fall down. So Domi's PDO this year was at a 104. That's okay. kind of high, right? Yeah. So then, then that's not to say that, you know, what Domi did was a complete fluke, but I think it's also just a little, a little red flag that like, hey, you know, if... If we start in the 2019-2020 uh, season and Domi isn't as electric as he was this year, let's not be a little too surprised because he kind of was, you know, stats-wise, a little overperforming a bit, right? So I see that and it's like, okay, well, I think that's why we kind of need to see if Domi can consistently become that and consistently do this. So I feel like that's why the, the Habs might wait a little bit to sign Domi, which is a massive risk. And uh, and Ken, another a writer on the site, he wrote yeah. <laughs> put a post saying, you know, do it now because you know. On the other hand, what if Domi exceeds what he did this year, and then you have to play him even more, right? So it, it's pretty risky. So, so so to look at Domi, it's like, yeah, you know, he had an awesome season, but like, do we know that he can do this again at center? Like, maybe is would it be easier if, if he can do it again on the wing? And if so, then can we fit Duchesne in? Or well, yeah, that's you know, that's if, are you or, are you willing to are you willing to and ready to commit to Domi for seven or eight years after one seventy point season? Right? Because right? I mean, at the that's that's the question, and that's why I'm happy I'm not a general manager because I don't have the answer to that. Um, the question really is like, are you after one season of 70 points after one season of 20 something goals, are you ready to give him an eight year or a seven year contract? And but I how don't much, know that. I guess, yeah. Like, I, I guess the question would be with Domi, if you can get him now, like sign him now for like in and around the six and a half, seven range for seven or eight years, you do it because he, he's not just an he, he didn't just play an excellent season mm-hmm. on the ice. He was incredible in the locker room. Every, like the entire team loves him. He's a leader. Um, he fights for the team. I, I think that it's a risk that you should take because okay, if Domi like doesn't perform as well as he did this season, it does not mean that he's not a good player. If he gets 60 points, 20 goals of that, I mean, he's more of a passer than a and goal scorer, right? So if he just consistently gets twenty goals and forty assists, something in that ca- like that in that range, I think he's still. It, it wouldn't be a terrible contract to have him at seven million for that output. It's not. It's, it's actually fairly similar to what Duchesne can be expected to, to do, and Duchesne's going to get nine. Um, also, if we sign Duchesne, there's just a real logjam at center, uh, which it, it feels kind of weird to say. Is there really though? Was, I mean, really. Well, I really I don't think, think so. there is. I, I don't with, with Domi. I don't want to move him back to the win. He got 28 goals and 44 assists as as a centerman on the wing in Arizona. He was getting nine goals and for this for which were empty netters. Obviously, okay, yeah, there were more but... things going into that, like line mates and whatnot. Yeah. However, it worked at center. It worked. He played extraordinarily. Why would you want to move that talent back to the wing? Right. Okay. You found so, uh, as well, the number I, one center for now. Keep him there. 
I I think I think your question has to, I think the the question then you have to ask yourself is okay if you really want to keep Domi at center which fine okay whatever um and then I mean there's a sure we have this wealth of centermen yeah but I mean at the, at some point you have to look at what do you is it quantity over quality or do you have quality mm-hmm. over quantity because exactly. I mean I love Philip Deno as much as the next guy but I'm sorry Philip Deno is not a second line centerman um yes very yeah, oh, sure, sure. Yes, Barry Kanyemi right now, as of this moment, is not a top six centerman. Um, However, will he be in one year? And I, d- I don't want to give Duchesne an eight-year, $9 million contract if we have Kanyemi, who is going to be a second-line centerman in 365 days. I don't think that can be that long-term, which is a huge risk on a player that I frankly don't think is that great. He, okay, this season was excellent for Duchesne. He had an excellent season. Playoffs, he was... Awesome. But if you look back, he's like a 60-point guy. And I don't want that. How many 60-point players do you have on this team? With, with Duchesne. There are off-ice issues as well, like where teammates aren't the biggest fans of him. And with like the locker room that's just finally meshing together beautifully, I don't want to like throw a wrench into into the mix, right? And I, I think that if you keep Domi and Deno as your top two centermen this year, they performed well this year. Um... Is it the best thing in the world? No. But I think it's worthwhile just giving Kotkanemi the extra year and then having that spot open to him. Because otherwise, you're going to have to move Domi to the wing, which could not work. And then you have uh, Haling, who's in stuck at, on the fourth line. Uh, Suzuki, who sure could be a winger, but it could also be an effective centerman. I think that... With all these things, I'd rather spend that money on an Eric Carlson, who is also very risky. However, if if it pays off, you have one of the two best defensemen in the entire league. Whereas Duchesne, what is he like, twentieth best centerman, maybe? At yeah, that? I think. So, I think. I think another thing to look. Oh, sorry, sorry to cut you off. I think another oh, thing okay. to look look at look at um, is Kakeniemi's not in control of where he plays. Right, if Claude Julian doesn't think he's a top, he's he belongs in the top six. He's not playing in the top six, right? So I think that that's another thing we kind of have to we have to you know perpetuate a little bit is that you know Kakemi can play you know can play an incredible game. You know he can you know uh, you know improve improve defensively, improve offensively. But if Claude Julian wants to play Philip Deneau on the first on the top line against like you know the Patrice Bergerons and. Uh, and the Steven Stamkos and the and the Sidney Crosby's of the league, then it's happening, right? And so I think that's one thing to to keep to, to I guess put into perspective. Another thing is that is is that there's there's just so much uncertainty with what Domi did this year, and that I like Sebastian. I did I agree with you a hundred percent. If like this is like if this is at the end of like, of next year. And Domi does this again, hundred percent, and say like we we move all the situations over, you know, where this free agent class is actually next free agent's class, and then Domi proved back to back years that he's a legitimate center. He performs better at center. I'd be like, okay, fine, yeah, no, like, no, we, all, we we don't need him. But I just feel like there's, I feel like there's there's waste too much uncertainty. And I, another thing too is that I I credit Domi's performance in Montreal more to the style of Montreal. Opposed to where he played exactly, I think if Domi played on the wing this year, I don't think there'd be a difference. Even there might be, there might be maybe 
maybe maybe less goals or are we maybe even more goals because there's less there's less defense responsibility playing on playing along the wing but i feel like it was a style difference between montreal and arizona that helped them perform a little bit if you look back at domi's first year when he had those 18 goals a lot of the a lot of the reason of why he of how he scored those goals were kind of similar to how he scored some of those goals in montreal where you know you get an opportunity blast down the wing you know, uh, you know, shoot a shot from the hash marks and they go in. Or if he'd just be, you know, or if there'd be a whole bunch of chaos because there'd be his center and his other and his other winger causing a whole bunch of chaos. He kind of hangs, hangs around, waits for something to pop up. You know, the puck kind of comes to him. He pulls it to his forehand and, and scores. Right. So it was more like opportunistic and use and use of speed that kind of helped him score in Arizona. And you kind of got a little more of that in Montreal. The only difference is, is that everyone on Montreal kind of fit that same system of being very fast, very tenacious. So I think that kind of helped improve him, approve. Uh, no, not really improve, uh, improve himself. Yeah, I'll say, OK, lock and bear choice. We'll say improve <laughs> himself and kind of be able to help him reach that standard of performance. So I kind of think it's more of the city and the system and the organization that kind of helped him thrive opposed to, you know, um, the where, where, he, where he played and, and where he played. I don't think that, you know, Domi's production goes down if he moves on the wing. I think it's just, uh, it's just, and it's just like you said, Josh, is that as a general manager, as a coach, you have to figure out ways to, to make everything fit. And I feel that just because, you know, I feel like you can't not sign someone because you're worried about what's going to happen with everyone else in a couple of years. I feel like if the op- the opportunity is there to do this, they, you know, you can't like say pass on Duchesne and the next year, you know, Duchesne has an amazing year or maybe something else happens in the organization and you look at each other and you say, man, we should have signed Duchesne. Right. You can't do that because, you know, you know, you can't punch a hole in the space time continuum and go back in the past. Right, so I feel like you just have to look at the opportunity you have and then kind of gauge on whether it's worth it or not. And I feel like for Duchesne, if, at this point, if not for Duchesne, at the very least for Panarin, it'd be worth it to go on and put on players like these. I think well, to yeah, me, okay, so. I think I think to me, sorry, and I'll I'll, I'll just say this and I'll let you go. Um, I think to me the the part that I always come back to, whether it be Duchesne or, or whoever it is, um, to me it's I. When you look at, I think to me, what, what really has always stood out to me, and any anybody that's listened to me yell into this microphone before knows this, um, that when you look at the pro, the the just the god awful, terrible struggle that the Canadians have had in the past years of scoring goals, whether it be five on five or four on, or five on four, the fact is that you need to be able to to meet. You can't pass up an opportunity to bring in a proven, top established top six forward. Uh, that has a history of scoring points, scoring goals, and especially if you look at Matt Duchesne, if ever you've ever seen him play and you look at him, what he does on, just on the power play alone would in, would incrementally make this power play much, so much better. Um, and I don't think you're in a position right now. It's not like you, you have um, three 30-goal scorers on the team or whatnot, and then you're in a position to say, yeah, we don't really need more offense. At this point, I mean, you're, you missed out on the playoffs because you lost too many games 2-1 or 3-2, to and you just weren't able to get that extra goal. Um, and and you need to, you're, you're in a position now where you, you – you you can you can improve your you can improve your roster and I don't understand how you can realistically sit there and say yeah no it's okay we're gonna wait another year well what do you mean why why would you pass up an opportunity to make this team better because I mean if you look at it yeah okay Domi can play at center Domi can play at the wing I always go back to the cliche of well if you can play uh, if you can, if you're a, a 
let me start over. The cliche of a center can always play on the wing, but a wing a winger can't always play at center. Um, we know Max Domi can play center. We know Max Domi can play the wing for sure in Montreal. Absolutely, because I mean, like Omar pointed out, so many times you would actually see him coming up and down the ice on the wing. Um, close to the boards, and and I mean the way Montreal plays defense, especially for the forwards, it's it's and it's first forward back. It doesn't matter if you're left wing, right wing, or center. When you're the first forward back in the zone, you're the one that goes down low. Um, and then if you even want to go further than that, how many times did we see Max Domi take draws in the in the defensive zone? Not very many. Um, he more often than not, it, we'd have either Andrew Shaw or somebody else out there with him taking those draws. So it's not like he was a face-off specialist and and that he's winning seventy-five. He's Patrice Bergeron over here. Oh, for sure. But for sure. but so to me, I look at it as: can you really pass up an opportunity to make this team better? Because every single time in the past few years, we've seen Mark Bergeron add to the forward group. It's come at a subtraction of someone else. I mean, when we had. Um, we added this year. We added Thomas Tatar. Well, we lost Max Pacioretty. A few years ago, yeah. we added Jonathan Drouin. Well, that summer we also lost and, uh, Alex Radulov. And so it's it's always like, yeah, okay, he makes these additions, but it's it's addition by subtraction because he's only a, he's adding to replace what we've already lost. And and at some point, you need to add to what you already have. Yeah, and I I think that I'm not against the concept of signing a big forward or someone to improve our offense this offseason. I just don't think that Duchesne is the guy that's worthwhile to do so. Um, Panarin, that there, it's a lot easier for me to make an argument for him because he just is a game-breaking talent. But I just don't think that Duchesne is as good as people make him out to be. Kenny, is he good face-offs? Yes, he is. Is he good defensively? Yeah. But if you look at, at his um, at his stats... He okay. So last season he had seventy points. The year before then forty nine. Before then sixty one, fifty nine, fifty five, seventy, forty three, twenty eight, sixty seven, fifty five. So this isn't a player that is going to revamp your offense. He is good, and I think he's a good player. However, at nine point five million, I think there are a lot better investments that that you can make. I think that. I'm going back to Eric Carlson because, in my eyes, he he is the addition that can completely revamp our power play. I think that it's improving your offense by adding on defense. I think that if we get Eric Carlson, the offense could be revitalized. The power play is going from, what, 30, 30th to, what, like, 12th, 10th, maybe? Carlson moves around everywhere. He's going to get those lateral passes in. He's going to free up space for Domi to shoot. Um, I just don't see Duchesne being the kind of impact player that can bring to that. And if you just pay like an extra million a year, you can get in Carlson instead of Duchesne. And for me, the the rise in quality from Duchesne to Carlson is huge. And the, the injury problems with Carlson are there. However, I think that if you have one of the best defensemen in the entire league as a free agent. And when was the last time that that happened? Ryan Suter, and that was, what, 2012, 11? Yeah, something I thought. You have to take that opportunity, especially if it's not just like a stay-at-home defenseman, but if you need more offense and you can get a a top-talent defenseman who's one of the fastest skaters in the league, uh, 
and who has like basically no off ice issues ever recorded basically other than like contract issues with ottawa but like other than that there's really nothing i think you had to take that opportunity and with duchene there are these like red flags that pop up with his uh behavior and i mean the the infamous uber ride of course right um and that's just like the the cliche example but it it still is valid and i think that if you are willing to pay nine and a half million for Duchesne, who was a centerman, and in my eyes were were good for centerman, I, th- I think that if you give Deno second line minutes this year, it is not a bad thing in the least. I think he is a solid second line centerman or an excellent, excellent third. I, I think I'd rather invest into an Eric Carlson who is going to lead your defense and get, give you the best defensive core in the league, maybe, for the next how many years? And have like the strongest right side. I mean, you can either have like three pairings with a, uh, an elite right center, uh, right defenseman, and a solid left left one, or you could trade Petrie for like a Shane Gostas bear. I think that if you make those kind of moves and add offense while bring in defensemen, I think that is a wiser move than bringing in a centerman who has off ice issues, isn't an elite goal scorer uh isn't the doesn't have the best vision in the league i just think that there are better areas to invest in in this offseason however i I don't think that adding duchene would be the end of the world by any means I, i still think it would make this team better of course but i could definitely see better ways to invest especially if you're going to give um, matt duchene who in my eyes deserves like six and a half to seven million if you're going to give him a nine and a half million dollar contract and then bring contract hell in the future which yeah is, it shouldn't deter you from making moves but it still is a valid thing to look at because it is still an issue that, that will arise within 12 months so i'd rather invest into a player that um can make like an elite player instead of a solid player at that price point or this is what we do <laughs> we sign we trade Olsner trade Weiss trade and get both uh, trade Thompson and then we get both yeah I bet yeah. that yeah yeah huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay like, like basically I'm against <laughs> I, I still wouldn't be elated with a Duchesne signing at that point because it still will mean that we're going to lose other assets in the future because it's just going to bring contract hell with like basically upping the value or the perceived value of all the other players but i think if you can bring in both go for it um I, i'd rather only have carlson but that's a compromise i'd be more than willing to make it I, I mean look we're debating on this thing and it's just uh it's, it's really a thing of like would you rather have this star player or that star player? And then we're debating like it's the end of the world, or I'm debating yeah, like it's the end of the world getting a Duchesne. But dumb. of course, Duchesne is an elite <laughs> player. And I think that we're in a really good position compared to past off seasons that we can have these debates where we're complaining, oh, we don't want this guy. Or like, oh, we don't want Carlson because he's going to be injured. I mean, we have the opportunity to get an Eric, to get an Eric Carlson, a Matt Duchesne, and our Timmy Panarin. I think we're just in a pretty good spot overall with this offseason. All right. All that being said, I hate to be the one that's going to burst your bubble here, but I really, really don't think Eric Carlson's going to be coming to Montreal. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Either. I'm just dreaming. I'm just dreaming here. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, good. As funny as it would be, 
That'd oh, be so funny. Um, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Just I, like uh, imagine yeah. that imagine that first home game in Ottawa. Oh my god. That'd be just Listen, like just Carlson just does like a dirty play, like scores from the blue line, just looks up looks up at the at the press box. Camera just camera pants to Melnick. Oh my god! I mean, you're you're talking to a you're talking to a to a, a proud sense fan in exile here, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> my heart breaks, man. Every time you talk about that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No. It was. Yeah. No. Anyway, I'm not, and I'm gonna start crying again. Um, yeah, but, I feel, buddy. But uh, I guess I mean. You guys make both valid points, and it's like you said, Sebastian. I mean, it's a debate being had because I mean, we one, we have the opportunity to have it, right? I mean, you're in a position right now where you're able to go out and and spend money in free agents, and it all depends on how you want to do that. Um, I guess to me, what I always uh, what and and we can I'll, we can start wrapping it up here. I'll let you guys get back to your day, and Omar, I'll let you go get your coffee. Um, <laughs> as as horrible as that sounds, considering it's twelve forty in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, forty minutes ago you sounded like you really needed one, so uh, we'll, let you, we'll let you run for it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess the, I guess to me, what, the thought that I always come back to, and it might be it might be um, the uh, uh, video game NHL player in me coming out, but um, you, I, I, I'm also I've always been a firm believer that that you have to do whatever you do, whatever you have to to make your team better. Whether it be short term or long term, and then after that, you can always figure out ways to um, to go around it and to get around what what it is, right? So, I mean, if you do bring in Duchesne and he and he costs you nine nine and a half million dollars a year, I mean, you look at it right now. Let's not let's also not forget that the way the salary cap is going and the way player contracts are going. You're starting to see more and more of these big contracts. I mean, we we're not we're oh, I don't we're not at the NBA just yet where you got f- like three players making max contracts. Um but I mean, you're starting to see more and more players on teams making upwards of ten million dollars, and you're you're seeing more than one of those players on on these teams, right? And and so I mean, the I think there's been a shift here in the last few years that star players have decided, you know what? No, I'm going to start controlling how much money I want to make, and and I'm worth this much money, and that's what it's going to be. And and the team either chooses to pay it or chooses not to. I mean, that's basically what happened with Jeff Skinner and and, and Buffalo. You want me to stay yeah. in Buffalo? Fine. It's going to cost you nine million for eight years. Absolutely, um, and like, and, and, no, and make no mistake, you know, Habs fans who are looking at what's going on with, with the Jets and the Leafs laughing, yeah. it, it, it's coming, it's coming, and yeah, oh, it's coming. Sure. So, well, yeah, for sure. But I mean, to me, every single team has to face, right? I absolutely, mean, yeah. unless you're Ottawa yeah. and you're just cheap all the way. But yeah, at least yeah. But the problem, at least Detroit, Detroit has the like. The opportunity to spend money, like they can if they want to, like. But anyway, Ottawa's just cheap. But that's anyway. Um, <laughs> my point, my point is that like you, I mean, if if in two or three years you find yourself you're in, in salary cap problems, well, okay, you're going to be able to move Andrew Shaw, Paul Byron. He's great. We all love Paul Byron, but I'm sorry, he's a third line player making four million dollars. He can be moved yep. out. Um, you've got you, you know, in that in in that in three years you're gonna have Jeff Petrie. He's gonna be 35 years old. I'm sorry, Jeff Petrie, five and a half million dollars can be moved out. Um, you're you're gonna have the exact same thing. Philip Dano. Okay, if 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 in three years we we are left in a position where okay, we do we pay Philip Dano or do we or do we not keep Duchesne? Well, I'm sorry, I'm gonna want to keep Duchesne, yes. Paling, and Kotkaniemi over Philip Dano. Philip Dano, thank you for playing, but you're gone. Um, I mean, for sure, and, it, it's really all about core. Uh, players, as you were saying beforehand, 
um, where you have your, your your core guys. So your your Carey Price, your Shea, your Shea Weber, I guess Domi and Gallagher would also be within that stratosphere. And everyone else is like in constant motion and can always yeah. be filled in, right? Um, but it's important to have those those core building blocks that you can just build a team around. Um, and yeah, so Adeno would be an excellent example. And Petrie as well. I mean, th- these guys, like, it's almost making it sound as if like it, it's going to be a hassle to get these guys out. But th- these guys have a lot of value as well. Like, yeah. you're going to get able to get a very good return for Petrie. Like, if you trade him right now, what could you get? Like a like like if you if you trade Petrie for a draft, a good pick, prospect I think in you there. get a draft pick for like realistically. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think if you I think you I think you're definitely getting a first round pick. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. But I mean, I guess like what level? Like, would it be a uh, a thirteen? Would it be a ten? Would it be a, a seventeen? Yeah, I I would think you're you're gonna be somewhere between. I would think you're gonna get anywhere between fifteen and twenty five, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and, and and with Deno, you'd also get a first round pick. Um, ooh, oh, I, I ooh. definitely think I definitely think so. I definitely <laughs> that's he, now that that's worth writing about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I don't know very many general managers that are willing to give out first round picks for third line centermans. Thing is, I don't think that many general managers think that Deno is only a third line centerman. I think he's perceived as a second line guy. If you're if well that's 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 why there are a lot of general managers out there that that are bad at their jobs. Um, but I think <laughs> if you're a team, I think if you're a team with Stanley Cup aspirations, I mean, look at oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Look at but look I, at the teams that made the look at teams that that made made the playoffs and went far apart from Car- from Carolina. I mean, <laughs> Philip Dano on any of those teams is a third line center. Yeah, but however, but teams that are not necessarily contending yet. Are still willing to yeah. go and trade for a solid centerman, and I think that I mean the Nets is still is still like improving. And okay, even if you don't get a first round pick for him, you could get a second and a decent asset for him, at least, like a, yeah. at yeah. least a second and then a good prospect or what a, a third line uh, winger maybe. Oh, you're you're definitely gonna get value out of that for sure. Oh, for sure, and uh, I, I think that. With the whole concept of just having these building blocks and then ha- all the other pieces just like being within like within constant motion, I think that the guys within constant motion on the the Canadians roster right now basically all have a ton of value. Andrew Shaw just had an excellent season. He could easily get what Montreal paid to get him already. Alex to bring Alex to bring cut. No, no, no. Two seconds. I love bringing that up because it's, it, it sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean look, Montreal and Chicago traded, like, like, each had a bad trade with each other. Like, we, we got the Andrew Shaw and they got the Brinkett, and then we got Deneau and, Roman, and Romanov, and they got, what, they got Fleischmann yeah. and Weiss? <laughs> so, I, we, we each had a bad trade in there. Yeah, I guess. I guess then the other way to look at it is which bad trade do you want more? I would you rather have Debrinkat or or Deno? But Romanov though, Romanov is a okay. Well, let, let's let's. I mean, we're all. We're, that's the other thing too. We're getting all excited about Alexander Romanov, like he's the second coming of God knows who. But no, no, no um, he's not. But however, but I mean, let's let's yeah, absolutely. But like I, I would want to. I'm going to reserve 
judgment on Romanov until I see him play a couple NHL games here. Uh, yes, he is playing in the KHL, but he's not playing regular top four minutes. Um, yeah, and that's, and that's one thing. Yeah, that's one thing that's definitely like that. When like when you're talking about when you're talking about Romanov, it's like it's like at first you're like, oh my gosh, like he was so sick at the World Juniors. I think he was like the best. Did he win the award for best defenseman at the tournament? And some of yeah. that, and everyone's like, oh wow, he's so great that he's in the KHL. I'm like yeah, but like as like sub dude. Yeah, he's a seventh cool. D, okay, which is great. fine because yeah. It, it, yeah. But if you look back at the, at the trades, at least Montreal got, got a return for DeBrinket. Like at least we got Andrew Shaw. Chicago got Fleischman and Weiss, so who both left after that season. So. Yeah, but anyways, both bad trades. Yeah, all right, we'll agree to disagree because I don't care who your other prospect is. I want it. I'm taking Debrinkat over oh, oh, Shaw sure. any day, and I don't okay. care if you have Roman if you lose Romanov. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, all right, gentlemen. Uh, I think that's enough for today. Thank you very much, Omar. Go yeah. get your coffee. Uh, enjoy your weekends, <laughs> gentlemen. It's a beautiful day, sunny, and supposed to be a great weekend. So, uh, thank you for joining me. We'll have yeah. to do this again soon, and uh, hopefully, we can get some of the other contributors out here too. Yeah, yeah sounds good. Thanks. Go, go Thanks, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good weekend, boys. And so that wraps up another episode of the Not Having It podcast for Saturday, June 8th. Um, I, again, I'd like to thank Sebastian and Omar for joining me for today's show, for today's inaugural Take versus Take um, segment and ed- edition of the show. Um, I'm going to have another show out next week. I'm going to have one, another one of my buddies joining me next week for uh, some more Montreal Canadiens-related content. Um, so, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed that, uh, that little debate going back and forth between the three of us, and uh, I will definitely do my best to bring the uh, other contributors and, and to bring other contributors out onto the show and to do this on a regular basis as often as I can. So, until next time... Um, I'd like to thank you for joining me. I'd like to thank you for listening as always. Uh, make sure to tell your friends. Make sure to tell your loved ones about this fantastic hockey Montreal Canadiens related podcast you've discovered so that they can also join the pleasure of listening. So that's it for this week. Uh, thanks again for Omar and Sebastian for joining me. Thank you, as always, more importantly, for listening. Uh, we do this for you, and I hope you enjoy it. So until next week, this is Joshua DeLorme signing off for the Not Having a Podcast. <laughs>